This is HPR episode 2317 entitled Bash Snippet Xblob and SCP. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 28 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is How does SCP manage extended blob patterns? This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello everybody, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Dave Morris. Now, I've got a, another show on Bash here for you. It came about because there'd been some comments on a show I did a few weeks back from the time of recording, 2293, about uh, file name expansion and stuff. And um, the comment was from John Culp and it was a question about things to do with extended glob patterns. Just before I go on, I'll mention that it's a fantastically nice day here in Edinburgh. It's very warm, and it's um, so much so that my house is hot, and I've opened the doors and the windows and stuff, so there will be some environmental noises as the odd bit of traffic goes by. The guy next door who who practices the clarinet seems to have done his practice now, so hopefully we'll not be interrupted so you hear noises off then you'll uh, you'll know anyway john was um trying to copy a subset of files out of a directory uh, where he had i think he said markdown mp3 and og files and he was uh, trying to select out just the mp3 and og files from that set so he was using a an extended file name expansion blob thing to do it, and it worked fine when he LS'd it. But then he wanted to copy them to another machine, and he wanted to use SCP to do this, and it didn't work. So I was a bit surprised, actually, that it didn't. But then I realised I'd never actually tried to do that. So I looked into this to try and answer the question for him, and also just to, to assuage my curiosity. And I found a whole bunch of things, which I thought... Ooh, there's a show in there. I can make a, an HBO show. So I ran away to write things down and so on and so forth, thinking, oh, this would be quite a quick thing, you know? It's not. <laughs> it's huge. Well, it's turned into quite a beast. Anyway, what I'm going to do in this particular show is... I think what, I, what might be the best is... I had to dig into some deep, dark stuff in order to understand this and i've made notes about what i found and so on but i'm not sure unless you are amazingly interested in this that you want to know all of that stuff you'd probably just like to know the answers so what i've done is to put that that those bits of information in the notes but i've marked them as skip this bit if it's um not of great interest to you and i won't i won't actually talk about that okay i think you can always read the read the notes and that will satisfy you if you want to know. Okay, so 
let's get on with it. So the first thing I did was on one of my Raspberry Pis, RPI4, I've got really original names for my Pis, I made some empty test files in order to simulate things. I did a make dir on a file called SCP test, and then I created a bunch of files which begin with the letter A through C, and followed by the numbers 00 through 10, and end with MKD for Markdown, MP3 or OG. So they're, they're just empty files, but they pretend to be sort of data files that John was probably dealing with. He probably had HTML as well, but I didn't bother with them. So I LS'd them to show them in the notes so you can see the sort of thing that was actually created, just for, you know, sometimes it's useful. So I then CD'd into that directory, CDSCP test. I LS'd using minus lowercase x, minus lowercase w80, so I got the got it organized nicer for the notes. And I used the expression, the globic pattern that John used, which is asterisk, open parenthesis, asterisk dot mp3, vertical bar, asterisk dot ogg, close parenthesis. And so that then selected out all of the mp3 and og file. And that was great, fine, yeah, yeah, that works. But then... Moving on to testing the things that uh, that John had raised, the issues he'd raised. So I then, on this Pi 4, number 4, I copied files across to another one. I've got another one which I call, uh, with huge originality, RPI 5. And I created a directory test on it under my username. And so I did a copy of these files. So I was able to type SCP, the... Um, secure copy command, scp, space, asterisk, bracket, all that stuff I just read out before, the parenthesized list of star.mp3 and star.ogg. And the destination, that's the source file, and the destination is dave at rpi5 colon test slash. don't think I needed the slash, actually, but I tend to put it on to remind me it's a directory. And then I see a list of all the files going across. It's fine. All of the files I asked for, all of the the MP3 and OG files got copied across, no problem at all. Fantastic. Then I thought, right, I think what John's talking about was doing the copy the other way. So I logged into RPI five and tried to then do a copy from SCP copy from RPI four. So my command was basically reverse. So I, I um. I logged in and I cd'd to my test directory. Then I did scp dave at rpi4 colon scp test slash star open parenthesis and all of that stuff that I've already mentioned. That uh, um, xglobe expression. Probably don't want me to read them all out. And the destination was dot, the current directory. There were other ways it could have been done, but uh, that's, uh, that's it. Just in case you've not encountered this before, when you're referring to files and directories and things on a remote machine using the likes of SCP and other SSH-related tools, that thing where you type username, an at sign, the host name, colon, that tells SSH what machine you're talking about and what user you want to log in as, and the username... That's in followed after the colon by the path from the from the home directory of the account that you're, you're aiming at. So you're pulling or pushing to that. So having digressed in that explanation, to get back to what I was saying, 
this particular SCP copy didn't work. I got various arrows which said syntax error near unexpected token uh, SCP minus F SCP test blah blah blah. It came back and said it was there was it was wrong. So basically, the X glob, the extended glob pattern, was not being interpreted at the far end, the remote on the remote machine, which was RPI four. Now there's a, a minus V option to SCP where you get a very long and detailed list of all of the stuff that it's doing and in there you see the actual process of passing a command to the remote machine and using SSH and SSH tunnel and the the command that it tries to run is another instance of SCP and my later investigation has showed that the issue is that um, ext glob the option is not on when the command is being executed at the far end which is odd given that it is on by default when you log into that that machine i'm not really clear why it's not on but it, that seems to be the issue so i then started looking for some ways to solve this as usual i did a google search and found an article on stack exchange which i've linked here which had a very long and comprehensive answer that was really hard to understand the person who who wrote this must have must have done some investigations or be be up to date with the internals of scp and, and was able to point to methodologies that uh, use this knowledge basically scp hands the file name or expression to the remote machine where it's then interpreted by the local shell and that shell could be anything it could be any shell. So that you, the fact that you're using a bash extended feature won't necessarily work for you anyway because the default shell for that user on the remote machine might be, I don't know, KSH or um, ZSH or whatever. The answer that I found suggested that the stuff that you send across to the remote machine or the the specification of the remote machine is a sort of a command or could be interpreted as such it was pointed out that there are potential security loopholes because that's the case i experimented with this briefly i couldn't get it to work but i think i'm just a bit naive as to exactly what this means i did find the source of scp by the way and had a poke around with it but i've not got very deep into it just had a cursory look Anyway, there was a command that was suggested that would work, and I've listed it. It basically consists of setting a variable, a bash variable, to the pattern that you want to use, the the, um, the glob pattern, so the SCP test slash and then the, the uh, extended glob pattern. Then using SCP in a mode where you say... I want to send this, the contents of this environment variable across to the other end, and then you nominate this. I'm not going to read this command out to you. I think it's probably too too complex to uh, to read out, but I'm um, just trying to summarize it here. Then you have to give it as the first file name to SCP a weird thing, which consists of uh, two lines. It has to be a new line in it, because I've experimented to see what happens if you take it out. And it doesn't work. So it consists of a, a double-quoted string, so you can substitute variables into it, which uses the e- remote username and, and host name. 
and then it's fo- followed by a file name which is just dev null. It's actually a redirection from dev null. So this will cause some weird stuff to happen at the other end, which will then allow the rest of the line, the rest of that this particular string, which is an invocation of bash with ext glob switched on, um, and with bash executing an SCP of the type that um, SCP does all by itself. Have a look at it. It's really hairy. It, but it works. It's really strange. It works. You wouldn't want to be typing this every time, though. It's really uh, quite long and convoluted and hugely error-prone. And um, I, I was nearly wandering off into explaining how it works, or as much as I understand of how it works. But that's in the, you know, go in here and, and read this lot, if you if you dare, section. Anyway, it was suggested in this article that making that into a function was a good idea, and there was a um, the function shown which was called safer underscore scp which contains essentially this same command but with a few other bits and pieces now i have gone into a lot of detail about this function and how it works and how scp works as, as much as i know anyway as much as i've worked out which isn't all that deep but but i know let me just say in summary that the function works it's really really obscure it works on the principle that SCP, if you run it on your your command line, connects to the remote machine using SSH. And having done so, it's got a tunnel through which it can then send a, a command. And the command it sends is another SCP. The SCP that it sends has got a, a hidden option on it, hidden because it's not documented, minus F. And that seems to be a thing that says uh, it, to SCP that if it sees that it's running as a remote end and then it does different things and it goes and finds the files that you want and it copies them back up the pipe to the originator to the the local the local machine so it's um it would be quite a voice to read through that uh, that particular source code of scp i think is what i've seen so far but um that's basically what it does and it's because of this strange handshake between the two ends with commands with a command a remote command running in bash that things go awry when it comes to sending across extended bash patterns and things so having gone through that stuff which does work it does solve the problem but is not fantastic i'd be be very wary of it because it depends on it's depending on how scp works under the hood and if if scp ever gets changed and people say oh it can't do this why don't we implement it then it's going to blow apart so an alternative would be to use simpler patterns glob patterns things that don't rely on ext glob option being switched on so i suggested to john that he did something like scp space username at host name colon and then my example scp test slash asterisk dot open curly bracket mp3 comma og close curly bracket dot so what that's using is a simpler glob pattern which simply says all files which have got a dot and either an mp3 or an og on the end and of course that works that that pulls the files off rpi4 onto rpi5 
and puts them in the current directory which just happens to be test and um, it, it all works perfectly and you if you investigate what it's doing it's, sim it's simply a, a a simple glob pattern gets passed across and uh, it works it, it's still prone to the potential problem that if the remote account uses a different default shell then it's not going to work because i think that glob expression is not necessarily implemented in other shells i don't know this for a fact i haven't investigated deeply but uh, it's a it's a factor i could i could dig deeper in this but you know, life's only so so <laughs> so long <laughs> so i thought well how about a third way of dealing with this problem and this set sent me off in another direction I've never encountered this issue with SCP myself when moving files around. And I do a lot of moving because I've got a lot of machines in my house, 13 Raspberry Pis, would you believe, and a, and a server and a desktop and two laptops, etc., etc. You don't need to know that. And I also do this as an HPR, we used to say admin janitor, I've used here, which I think is more appropriate. I just have a vision of needing to grab a mop and run down to the, the lavatory or something. But anyway, I don't fall over this often because I usually use rsync. Um, rsync is a very powerful tool which lets you shift files around. It's not doesn't have quite the same um, intention as SCP does. SCP is, is a, a simulation or it's a similarity, an analog of CP, except that you can do it between machines. rsync is a thing for copying whole directories around and so forth and it's used for backups and it's done all sorts of things done with it but it's it's pretty damn good it doesn't use extended glob patterns just simple glob patterns but you do you are able to use filters and the filters can do the sort of selection of files that that you'd want in this case so i i thought i'd just put together a quick example it keeps using quick i'm not sure it is quick uh, put together an example which should do what is wanted here. I did say in my notes here that maybe we need a we need a series on our sync because it is quite a complex command, but enormously powerful and useful. So what I normally do when I'm dealing with this type of thing is first of all I make a filter. I keep the filter stored in a file. Our sync can work with that. Then I run our sync with that filter. So for this example, I created a filter which I called dot rsync underscore test I tend to call the give these dots uh, make them hidden and so I don't keep stumbling over them and in it I have three lines which I've listed here in the notes the first one is a plus sign a space and then star dot asterisk dot mp3 the second one is plus space asterisk dot ogg the third one is minus space asterisk so the lines beginning with plus are inclusion rules. You can actually use the word include instead of plus. I tend not to do that myself. So we're saying include star.mp3, include star.ogg. Lines beginning with a, with a minus, with a hyphen, are exclusions. You can use the word, I think it's exclude, I don't remember. I don't use it all that often, but check it out if you want to do it. The order is significant. 
if you put the exclude first and then say add the others, then rsync will say, right, you asked me to exclude everything. Well, I'm not going to include anything at all then, because you asked me to exclude everything. However, if you, if you say exclude A, ex- include A, include B, exclude everything, then it, it takes it as meaning include A, include B, and exclude everything that's not those particular patterns. Okay. My notes make slightly more sense of that than I just did. So, interesting thing. Every time I typed running in these notes, it came out as ruining. So, maybe something, some Freudian element to that, I don't know. So, running rsync with this filter consists of the verb, the command rsync, R-S-Y-N-C, space. Then there are some options which control rsync, which are minus V... A and capital P, lowercase v, lowercase a, capital P. I'll come on to what those mean in a moment. Then there's a minus E space SSH, and then there's the filter, which is hyphen hyphen filter equals, and then in a string, the uh, the filter expression. The filter expression is simply a dot followed by a space followed by the name of the file, which is dot rsync test. Then that is followed by space and Dave at RPI4 colon SCP test. So that's the name of the remote directory. Then space test slash, which is the name of the local directory. And what that will then do is it will copy all the files across. And I've shown a snapshot of the sort of things that it does. So what are these options? Well, I won't go into depth with these, but minus lowercase v, lowercase a, capital P. It's just three options concatenated together. The v is for verbose mode, so you get a little bit more information about what it's doing. And, uh, you know, if it's moving a big file, you'll get a sort of um, progress indicator as it's moving it. These are all zero length, so that you won't see it. Then a, the a is archive mode, which is actually a shorthand way of specifying a whole load of other options, which include things like making sure that the, the file's characteristics, like its ownership and its um, uh, permissions and so forth, are copied across. If you, if you want to get into this, you can you can look it up in the man page, which is great but long and complex. And the capital P is to show progress, basically. The minus E space SSH is t- is saying that you want to use SSH as the transport layer. So it would make a, an SSH connection. By the way, I never said that uh, when I'm moving stuff around between these systems, I'm not being prompted for a password. And that's because I've shared my SSH key between them. So if you do this against a, one of your machines, you might find that you do get prompted for the for the remote password for you can log in. So uh, there is security here, even though I haven't really mentioned it very much. The filter expression I mentioned was, it consisted of this string which consisted, which started with a dot. And dot is another shorthand for merge, where what you're saying to rsync is merge this filter file with any other filter files or filters that you've put together. The two directory arguments the, the source and the destination, where the source is a remote host, the destination is directory locally. These, there's, there's tricks, there's stuff involved with these. One thing, if you want to get into this, is always use the option minus N when you're running rsync the first time. 
because it runs it in a dry run mode so you can check that you haven't made any horrible mistakes before you do it and, and move files or indeed delete files because you can delete them this way as well. So put a minus N in there. I usually put it straight after the R sync so I can take it out once I'm happy with it. But use that as you're going. And one, the, the way to, the way that you write these source and destinations is important. The, but I'll come on to these in a minute in the, in the caution. The caution bit that follows. Now, one other thing I wanted to say was you don't have to put your filters in a file, but if you want to, to put them on the command line, you have to use the minus F, which is the short form as minus minus filter, followed by each of the the expressions that are in the file I mentioned before. So you've got a minus lowercase f space and then in quotes plus space star.mp3 close quotes and then another minus f and another minus f for the, each of the line. Personally I would not want to do that. So, but then on the other hand I tend to be setting up rules for repetitive transfers across from uh, from one place to another. Your mileage may vary. I'm thinking more and more we need to uh, have a series on rsync to um, learn about its its power and its features and there are there are cousins of of rsync as well it's one i can't remember unison i think it is i think um 5150 did a show about the unison tool which is also brilliant it's like rsync but it it'll um, it'll coordinate directories in both directions if i remember rightly do i do use it but it's in scripts and i've forgotten the details right there's a caution about rsync if you want to get into it rsync will traverse a directory hierarchy by default it's recursive unlike scp you have to go to some length to make scp recurse rsync does it by default because you the assumption is you're synchronizing directory trees the presence of a trailing slash on the source directory makes it transfer the contents of the directory now this is important because if you don't put that trailing slash then the directory itself and its contents will be copied. So if you're if you're copying a directory A to a directory B from wherever to wherever and you don't put a slash on the A then B will contain A as well as A's contents. If you look at the documentation I think you'll find that it explains it a bit better than I have done. Again I didn't want to be too long about this so now, rsync compares source and destination files. If a file already exists at the destination, it won't copy it. If the source copy is different from the destination copy, or vice versa, whatever you like to say it, rsync will transfer the differences. So it will work out what needs to be changed in order to to change the uh, the destination to the, be the same as the source. So that's why it's so good for backups and, and that type of thing. Right, enough about rsync, but it is a good solution to the thing, and I've given an example of how it could be used to solve this problem. So then I went off on another digression, which I'm not going to drill into in this audio. I had a comment from Klacke on show 2293, and he was asking about, or commenting about, the, the whole issue, and um, mentioning the issue of space, spaces in file names and other funny characters in file names and so on. File names with spaces and other other funny characters are difficult to use in Unix and Linux. It goes right back to the early days, and it's it's always been a problem. The question really was how SCP would would behave. And I did some experiments by trying making a file called 
I called it what a horrible file name .txt with spaces between the words and tried to pull it from RPI4 to RPI5 again and I used the minus V option with SCP to see what the hell it was doing to see whether it worked or whether it failed and if so why it failed and I've given an, an itemized list of, of uh, seven tests that um, that demonstrate problems and so forth but I ain't gonna like I say talk about them anymore I also wondered whether that safer SCP function we saw earlier would handle uh, file names of spaces and the answer was no I did find a hack which would get around that and have presented that in the notes as well and um, it, it does work though I, I'm not going to use it myself but uh, you're welcome to if you want to it's not mine anyway to, to hand out so conclusion then so SCP is built on the original BSD Unix command RCP from the days of system 5 and, and all that and BSD and the fights between them and so on I had to work on both of those systems and it was horrible going from one to the other anyway so it's just basically been enhanced I think I don't know if this is why it has the quirks we've been looking at here, but it certainly seems to suffer from some deficiencies. But I, I certainly find it useful. I do use it, SCP, quite often. Using rsync solves a number of the problems SCP shows, but it's also got its own shortcomings. But I think a good working knowledge of SCP and rsync is important, particularly if you're you're a sysadmin it's an important they're important to have in your toolkit and uh, it's of great use to all unix and linux users so definitely worth getting your head around them if you if you want to get deeper into these things so that's it for this not very short show for which i apologize but uh, anyway i hope you found it useful bye You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.